Hello, everybody, and welcome to the fourth episode of For Pete's Take. I'm Joey Peterson, and for today's episode, we're going to be talking about the big news here in Knoxville and across the country. Tennessee has finally hired a new head coach, and it's a name that didn't really burn the front pages, but it's one that's possible to bring excitement to Rocky Top. Josh Heupel is now the 27th head coach in the history of the Tennessee Volunteers. It was announced officially at around 8 o'clock this morning, and since then we've gotten to hear from him and Danny White during a press conference at noon. In this episode, we're going to first address who Josh Heupel is and and let you know more about his background and where he's been and and what brought him here, and and then we're going to talk about what makes me nervous and what makes me excited about this hire. So I found out about the hire around 8.15 this morning when I woke up to turn off my phone alarm and I saw that I had an ESPN notification. I then opened it and was surprised to read breaking news. Tennessee Volunteers have hired Josh Heupel to be the new head coach. My first reactions, um, honestly, I was a little bit upset. A little bit upset to say the least. But not upset because I knew anything about Heupel and didn't like him, but upset because of how underwhelming this hire was. You heard and saw on Twitter and saw an article some big names in the mix. And then just to have White hire the coach that was at his previous school, all of that's just a little underwhelming. And I think that's what left Falls fans alike a little bit upset. I mean, all week they're getting excited about the possibility of James Franklin or P.J. Fleck or Matt Campbell or Lane Kiffin. I know I was. All those guys are, are proven great head coaches, proven competitors. And then you land on a guy like Heupel, who isn't necessarily as proven. But I think that this hire isn't something that we need to be really mad about. And, and it's not something that the more, um, the more I read about him, the more I kind of liked him, the more I kind of got excited about it. So I'd heard rumblings all day about how dumb this was and how bad of an athletic director White was, when just a week ago everybody was all excited about him. And to the people to say this is all White's fault, I heavily disagree. I really don't believe that Hype was White's first choice. In Chris Lowe's article on ESPN this morning, he wrote that White cast a wide net through the Parker Executive Search Form and reached out to and or interviewed several candidates, including Penn State's James Franklin, Cincinnati's Luke Fickle, SMU's Sonny Dykes, Minnesota's P.J. Fleck, and Clemson's offensive coordinator Tony Elliott among others. Sources told ESPN that over the past few days, Elliott had serious discussions about the job, but turned down Tennessee's overtures and elected to stay with Clemson. I really believe that if Heupel would have been White's first choice, then he would have been hired a long time ago. I mean, why waste this time when you can hire the guy that you had your old, old school? And if that's your first choice, then I don't think White would have wasted all this time um, interviewing coaches and, and hearing from other guys. But I think as the days went by, and it seemed to White that coach after coach didn't really want to take on the challenge that is being the head coach for this program. White landed back on his old coach at UCF, one who he still loves and honestly has a lot of belief in. As I said in the beginning, I wasn't thrilled and I was a little bit frustrated. But as the days went on and I started hearing more about him and reading more about him, I became really excited. However, I'm an optimistic person, almost to a fault, and get easily excited about things, especially things that I'm passionate about. So who knows how this will turn out, but let's take a look at who he is. So first, a lot of people might hear this name and not know who he is at all. I honestly didn't even know who he was until the coaching search began with Danny White as the new AD. 
And even then, I didn't really give him much of a chance. Not even 24 hours ago, I listed on this podcast eight names in the coaching search, and he wasn't one of them. However, he's a guy that was with White at UCF, and if Danny had the confidence to hire him there after Scott Frost left, obviously it hasn't left him. Heupel was a quarterback at the University of Oklahoma and led the Sooners to a national championship in 2000. The same year, he was a runner-up for the Heisman, just behind Chris Wenke. After college, and after two years of trying unsuccessfully to make an NFL roster, he earned a job at OU as a grad assistant. In two years, he was promoted to QB's coach, and then in 2011, just five years later, he was promoted to co-offensive coordinator. He got fired from Oklahoma in 2015, and that was followed by a brief stint with Utah State where he recruited first-round quarterback Jordan Love to the Utes. But after his one year with that program, he got hired on to Missouri to be their offensive coordinator. He was there for two years, and then after that, left to get his first head coaching gig with the Central Florida Golden Knights, where he finished 28-8 in his career there. Pretty good little record, if you ask me. So now that we know who he was and his career path and how he ended up here in Knoxville, let me tell you why this hire makes me nervous. So number one is his record at UCF. Now, While it was very impressive, unfortunately it regressed every year he was there. He was 12-1 in his first season, followed by 10-3, and then his final season, which was last year's season, they were 6-4. I really don't like how it seems like when he had Scott Frost players there, he was winning. And then as the years went by and his players came in, the guys he recruited, they kind of started to seem to be losing. Now, this last year was a COVID year and everything was different. And Who knows, he could have been in the middle of a quarterback change, had some young guys. I'm not sure. I honestly did not keep up with UCF football a lot this past year. But usually it's common to see a university hire a coach that's in an upward trend and not a down one. The second reason I'm kind of nervous was this question. I found myself asking this a lot, that if White wasn't the athletic director, would Heupel even have been thought of? That's a serious question and a serious concern. Before White was hired, Heupel's name was not one that was ever really mentioned. In that three-day stint between Jeremy Pruitt's firing and, and Danny White's hiring, there was hundreds of articles that I read and hundreds of things that I saw on Twitter that were listing out names like Hugh Freeze, like Lane Kiffin, one that still were listed up until yesterday. Um, but Hypo wasn't really even mentioned at all. And that makes me a little nervous that nobody thought he'd be a candidate or even capable of taking this job. I don't know. That could just be me. Um, but the third reason that this hire makes me nervous is that he couldn't really do much with this UCF team in a conference that isn't really the best in the ACC, AA, not the ACC, the AAC. His program is, is huge at UCF. That football team is giant. They have so many donors. Um, it's a really big program there in a small conference, and when you have a big program in a small conference, you really expect that program to dominate year in and year out. And that was something they kind of were doing, but then when he took the reins from Scott Frost, they did it for a little while, but as he stayed there, they kind of stopped. Um, it makes me nervous that we expect him to pull this team out of the dust when he couldn't really continue a team's success that had already been started before him by Scott Frost. And the fourth reason this makes me nervous is the defense. His defense at UCF was, in a word, horrific. 
In 2020, they ranked 123rd out of 127 teams in total defense. They allowed 491 yards per game. I mean, that is just... I don't even know. That is awful. I mean, 123rd out of 127th in total defense. I hope and I pray that the Vols can keep Kevin Steele on staff because I believe that we're going to need him. He was hired on, everybody knows, as the defensive assistant, and then when Pru got fired, he got hired, He got promoted to interim head coach. But he's an incredible defensive coach, and I think he's a coach that is honestly capable of being a head coach somewhere. And if we can keep him on and let him run the defense, then I think that we can possibly break this trend that seems to follow Peiple and his defenses. So now that we've gotten all the bad stuff out of the way, let's get to what makes me excited about this hire. And there are a lot of things. Number one, and I think maybe the biggest thing, is his offensive mind. If you know me well, or even listened to a couple episodes of this podcast, you know how much I absolutely despised Jim Chaney and this Tennessee offense this past year. They did not really put up points on the board and were so dang boring to watch. They seemed like they were predictable, and even though they were predictable, they rarely came out in second halves of games and made any decisions. They seemed to not be able to adjust on the fly, seemed to not be able to make adjustments, and and Jim Chaney just kind of felt like he was stuck in his scheme and didn't really have anything, um, anything other than his game plan that he prepared for any given game. But Heupel is thought of as one of the greatest offensive minds in college football. In 130 years of Tennessee football, three quarterbacks have passed for over 3,500 yards. Heupel has had two quarterbacks in his three years at UCF throw for that much. I mean, that's kind of a stat that'll make your ears perk a little bit, make your eyes open, get you kind of excited, because his offenses are high-flying and they're high-tempo, and they, they score a lot. UCF was ranked in the top five in the nation in total offense every year that he was there. They averaged 522 yards in total offense every year he was there. And they averaged 42 points every year he was there. Tennessee scored 42 points once this last year, and it was against Vanderbilt. So that really doesn't say much. His offensive game plan is spread, high tempo, with a lot of run-pass option. And this allows wide receivers to get the ball in space, which has the possibility of being absolutely lethal this year with the speed that we have in our wide receiver room. Bayless Jones Jr., Jalen Hyatt, and Jimmy Holiday all run sub-4-4s. If you get any of them the ball in space in a high-tempo offense as much as you can, there's no telling what will happen. I mean, I think you can expect Nealon to be electric next year, maybe the year after that. But I think this offense has a lot of promise. Now, some of you might be listening to me and saying, Joey, his offense did that at UCF in the AAC, but how is he going to be able to do that in the SEC? Well, when he was the offensive coordinator at Mizzou, nothing was really different. In 2017, Mizzou led the SEC in scoring with 37.5 points per game. Heck, he was even the offensive coordinator when the Tigers came to Neyland and beat the Vols 51-17 in Butch's final game. I believe that he has the ability to make this offense work wherever he is, and I'm excited to see it play out on that field. The second reason I'm excited about this hire is supposedly he's a player's coach. Danny White, when asked about Hypel, had this to say. He is a player's coach and is the kind of person the student-athletes go the extra mile for. I saw this firsthand, and you can see it in his coaching record. This is good, and not good 
for the obvious reason, like recruiting and getting good players to Tennessee. Well, I'm excited about that um, and excited that now we have um, a guy who's a really big players coach because you need a players coach if you're going to get good recruits. You're traveling. You're going to talk to a lot of guys. And a lot of these, these kids, a lot of these high school players are talking to a lot of people. They need somebody to stand out. They need somebody to look at and, and think that they have a possibility of wanting to play for that guy. So it's good for recruiting. But I think it's also great for the current situation that this team is, is in. If he can go in there, talk to this team, which it was reported that there was an 830 team meeting. So technically he's already done that. Then they can finally get to meet him, find out what he's about, and hopefully fall in love with him and what he preaches enough to not even want to think about transferring. There's a lot of players that probably have that on their mind and and are wondering if their futures would be better at a different school. And now that Heupel's here and and gets to talk to them, they get to meet the coach that they're going to play for, the fact that he's a player's coach makes me really excited because those are the kind of guys that get people to like them, get players to like them really easily and really quickly. I think that he can come in there and, and, and establish a culture that really hasn't been at Tennessee since the early 2000s, and that is oh so important. Now the third reason I like this hire is the money. He was cheap. Obviously, besides the $3 million buyout that we have to pay UCF for him. When taking a look at his contract, it, it comes out to be six years and $4 million annually. That's relatively cheap compared to some of the numbers that were floating around a couple days ago about some big-name coaches that Tennessee was planning on going after. Now, this is big because it allows Tennessee to take that money that they originally were planning on spending on a head coach and take that and spend it on position coaches, spend it on assistants, spend it on coordinators, spend it on guys that Hypo would want to fill this staff room with, spend it on guys who are thought of as really, really smart minds in college football and have really promising futures in this game. Because if we can get this team to have as many position coaches that are impressive, have as many coordinators that are well thought of, then I don't see any reason why in the future, this team will be set up for success. I don't see why that can't happen. Now, I know I'm not saying that, hey, if we get the staff members, we're going to win 10 games next year, because that's really unrealistic. But if we get the right staff guys in here and in turn can get some good recruits in here, then I think we can start setting up what this team should look like. I think that we can start by hopefully moving away from our current offensive coordinator I imagine we'll do that, though, but I really hope that we can, as I said before, keep Kevin Steele and kind of let him worry more about the defensive side of the ball while Heupel can worry more about the offensive side of the ball. Now, I know Heupel's the head coach, and he'll have sovereignty, and and he will be head over every single position on this team, but I don't think he would argue with anybody that he is stronger on the offensive side and that Kevin is stronger on the defensive side. So if we can just fill them with a surrounding cast of guys that are really impressive, that's going to get me excited, and that's going to get Vols fans really maybe even believing in this team for this next year. In his press conference, Heupel said that the search for a staff will not be rushed, but it will be done in a timely manner, which I think is really smart, and I think he's going about this in a really good way. Now, my last reason, but certainly not my least reason that I think that he's a good hire is his history with quarterbacks. This is a guy who develops them really well and has a history of doing so. He was Sam Bradford's quarterback coach when Sam won the Heisman with the Sooners, and he also coached Landry Jones at Oklahoma and Drew Locke at Missouri 
and both of those went on to be NFL draft picks. If we look at recent history of quarterbacks in this school, that being Tennessee, we really only see one name, and that's Jared Garantano. And in his third year as a starter, he got benched mid-season for a freshman. Garantano really didn't improve much, if any, in his years here at Tennessee. If you look at his stats his freshman year, or his sophomore year when he first started, they don't look that much different to this past year. That is absolutely absurd, and I don't think that should happen at all. I mean, he got benched midseason in his third year as a starter for a freshman. I can't reiterate I can't reiterate that enough. That is embarrassing, and, and that's not all on Garantano. That's on this staff. Chris Wanky, our, our current quarterbacks coach, I personally don't think he should have a job next year. I would love if we go and we find somebody else because what he did with Garantano is just inexcusable. Garantano had a lot of talent, um, but they couldn't really just develop him uh, to be the quarterback that everybody thought he was going to be. And Heupel, I think he'll change that with him at the front, which I think is great because Harrison Bailey, I believe, still has a lot of promise, and he'll only be a sophomore this next year. In class of 2021, signee Caden Salter, who's an early enrollee freshman, he seems like he has the capability to be a star under Heupel and in this offense. It's been a crazy week, and now is when we can just finally take a breath. Whether you like it or not, the Vols have a new head coach. If you don't like it, let's look at the silver lining. Maybe the gray smoky uniforms will be back, and maybe players will be able to wear a different color cleat other than black, which is what Jamie Pruitt had all his players wear. So now we can just sit back and watch as he tries to assemble a super staff to help him and bring this, cor- this program out of the tough corner that it's in. Well, that's the episode, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Please let me know if you have any suggestions, anything, uh, any topics you'd like for me to talk about. I'd love to hear that. And again, I just want to say thank you guys so much. I appreciate the support. I appreciate you listening. Um, you guys have a great day, and go Vols!